Take your Bible to Revelation chapter 10, verses 11 through 15. It's a very familiar, well-worn passage. I have preached on this passage probably five, six, seven times. I saw something new in it. Again, amazing to me, another angle. Just like one diamond will have uh, 52 facets, I think. So some of these verses will have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten subjects to them. One verse. Uh, you just got to look at it, and God the Holy Spirit's got to help you with it. It's 11.30, approximately, and I want to ask you to give me 30 minutes without looking on your phone what the price of gold is or texting anybody or receiving texts. I'd appreciate it unless you use your Bibles exclusively as your phone, put it away, because everybody thinks you're playing video games. But if you use it, you can use it as your Bible. I use mine as my Bible. I get it. And take notes. I also take notes when a guy pre There you go right there. And uh, I'd appreciate you just give me 30 minutes. Let me read. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was, no, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, there's a myth out there that when you die, you cease to exist. What's the Bible say? It says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. That means you're, you're dead. Wait a minute, preacher. I thought everything was over. No, you're still standing. You're, you're awake. You're alive. You have a body of sorts. You don't have this body because this body stays on the earth. But you get another body that your soul resides in and says, I, I stood, I st they stand before God and the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and that's an interesting statement, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and that's all preachable there, and they were judged every man according to their works. I'm not preaching on any of that. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. I'm not preaching on that either. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Every person who ever reached accountability before God that is an awareness, a self-awareness, a free choice to sin, will stand before Jesus Christ and be judged. In this particular judgment, in Revelation chapter 20, everybody in this judgment is found guilty and condemned to a place called the lake of fire. You say, who is the judge of that judgment? Well, it's Jesus, the one who died for them. That's apropos that the one who gave his life for them is their judge. He's probably the only one qualified to be. God manifest in the flesh. Acts chapter 10, verse 42, And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be judge of the quick and the dead. He's talking about Jesus there in context. Quick means alive and the dead. Acts chapter 17, verse 31, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof 
He hath given assurance unto all men that in that he hath raised him from the dead. Well, who was that? That's Jesus. And in Romans chapter 2, verse 16, it says, In that day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Those who have repented and trusted Christ, their personal Savior and Lord, will stand before him to determine what reward and loss they will receive in eternity, but it will not be in this judgment. This judgment called the great white throne judgment is only for those who have missed Jesus. Those folks who are born from above, we still will have a judgment. Now, we're not going to be judged for the sins we committed because those are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, taken away. But we have had behavior after we got saved. With the light you have received, what did you do with it? With light meaning knowledge, opportunity. With opportunity you have received after salvation, what? Have you done with it? That will be your judgment. Again, who is that judge? Jesus Christ. It's apropos. Uh, he is going to be the one to judge you. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, We must all, speaking of Christians, by the way, we, Paul being a born-again Christian, must all, that means we all in the South, y'all, must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that, to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. I have wasted some time. I have misused some time and done some stupid things since I've been saved. And everybody said, I'm going to be judged for those things. I'm going to lose reward for those. And I'm not preaching on that and can't go any further. That's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 if you want to know more about it. So after this judgment in chapter 20, there's a thousand-year period. Jesus is going to rule and reign on the earth. Woo! I'm looking forward to that. There's injustice. Are you sick of the injustices out there? Yes, but the king is coming. Are you sick of the politics and all the garbage with that? Yes, but the king is coming. Are you tired of men fighting each other and wasting and destroying and maiming and hurting? Yes, I am. But the king is coming, and he's going to settle all that. He's going to put his feet on the Mount of Olives, and, brother, for 1,000 years, righteousness is going to cover the earth like the ocean, the waters. The ocean covers, the waters cover the sea, I think is what it says. And if you, 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 am I going to be there, preacher? If you're born from above, you will. If you're not born from above, you're not going to be there. You're not going to be there. But if you're born from above, you get to see it with your own eyes. It's going to be beautiful. The Christian life just gets better with time as you serve God. Woo, it's good. Well, I want to talk to you about this subject here. That was introduction, but I want to talk to you about this subject um, in verse 12 of chapter 20 there. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was open, which is the book of life. They were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. What is this? It's God's witness. What is God going to do to the unsaved folks when they stand before him? If, 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 it's, if it's like people today, they're going to start with a whole litany of excuses of why they missed Jesus. 
well, you know, my preacher was a hypocrite. The deacons, I saw him going to the foxy ladies. I did this, and I just thought everybody was a hypocrite, so I missed it all. None of that's going to happen at the great white throne. None of that's going to happen. I can guarantee you, and I'll prove it to you, but none of that's going to happen at the great white throne judgment. But that's normal for human beings is to immediately begin to excuse yourself. We have a policeman in our midst. We have a couple of them, actually. One retired and one on fire. And we have policemen, and they get probably so tired of stopping speeding people and having 25 excuses why they're speeding. You know what I do when they stop me? I was. I was stupid. I, was, I, was, I wasn't paying attention. It's my wife's fault. <laughs> I don't do that. I've been stopped speeding six times in my life and let off every time. I think it's because I was just honest with the guy, and there is a God in heaven that has mercy upon this old preacher. There is a witness. Books. Books were open. What do those books have in them? God's witness. He's not leaving them, and he does not leave anybody without a witness. God does not want you to go to hell. He sent his only begotten son so that you could have a way away from hell and away from from, uh, the lake of fire. Nobody loves you like Jesus loves you. Nobody. He gave himself for you. And he set up a whole array of witnesses to the world to keep them from going to hell and to get their attention so that they will respond to the gospel and put their simple childlike faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, and be saved. I like it. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God's raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's straight up and down, isn't it? For, man, I don't know what's, what's fuzzy about that. God will unleash at the great white throne an onslaught of witnesses so great, so thorough, so absolutely convincing that there will be no retorting arguments, just weeping and gnashing of teeth. Romans chapter 3, verse 19. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and that all the world may become guilty before God. We just told you. One, I have 13 witnesses I'm going to quickly point out to you, but there are more, but I'm going to point out 13 witnesses that God has to the world. One of them is the law of Moses. You know the Ten Commandments? Which are summarized by two commandments. And the Ten Commandments represent 613 commandments, which of the majority of those was sins that God hates. In the Bible, is listed 21 named abominations to God. Well, if I was you, I wouldn't do them. There was a, an abomination 
is bigger than you don't like it. It's bigger than maybe you even hate it. It is so repulsive to you that maybe you want to gag. Have you ever seen something so repulsive it makes you almost have an involuntary gagging? I was jogging one day. I always give the same story for this. I was jogging one day, and there was roadkill beside the road, and the wind was just right, and it had been there for two or three days, and I was breathing real hard because I'm terribly out of shape, and I went, of that moist, nasty roadkill, and I just stopped and began to gag. It was an abomination to me, and the Holy Spirit said, Bill, that's a good example for an abomination. I thought, oh, is that bad? Uh, yeah. 21 known abominations listed in the Bible that God says, they just make me gag. Now, if I was you, I wouldn't want to stand before the creator of all that is, who has the power and the right to cast you to the lake of fire with those things on my, on my uh, conscience and in my life. I would want my sins forgiven. And I can't do it by good works. You can't undo one sin you ever did by giving money to the church or be, ask, making old ladies cross the street or giving to the telethon or coming to church every Sunday, going six. There's people in the Catholic church, there's people that go to church every day, 7 a.m., mass, Every day, they never miss it. I talked to a priest the other day. The other day, it was a few years ago. He said, I do Mass 365 days a year, 7 a.m. And people think they can go to Mass and do that faithful, and if they do that, somehow God's going to include them into the Beloved. What about the verse that says, not by works of righteousness? Giving food to the hungry won't save you. Going to church won't save you. Taking communion won't save you. Getting baptized won't save you. Those are works. Abraham was saved by faith before the law. Moses was saved by faith during the law. Paul was saved by faith after the law. And anybody that's ever going to make it to heaven has to be saved by faith and the, the object of that faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me show, let me show you some witnesses. The thorough witness, number one, the thorough witness of the stars, moon, and sun that God is a creator God. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. The heavens at night, they literally scream, there's a God, a creator, an intelligence that made it. The, 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 the things around us here, the plants, the birds, the insects, the fish, the sea, everything scream, there's a creator, a designer, a God that made us and made you. It says in verse 2, day unto day they utter speech, and night unto night they showeth forth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. This is universal witness. There's no place in the world you can hide without God being a witness to you. What about the people in China? God's there. What about people in Africa? God's there. They look up the same sky you look up at. They look at the same firmament you look up at. And the Bible says 
one witness God has given people that he exists is those things in the sky and those things on earth. That's about everything you're looking at. The second witness is the witness of rust decay, that there is an end coming to this life. James chapter 5, verse 3, your gold and your silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you. The books were open. And, you shall, and they shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last day. I put in my notes here the second law of thermodynamics for you science buffs testifies that there's an end coming. What is the second law of thermodynamics? Simply is everything's running down. You looked in the mirror lately. The third witness I found was the witness of wrinkles. Testifies of the corruptness of my body and my temporal state in it. Job chapter 16, verse 8 says, Thou hast filled me with wrinkles, which is a witness against me. There's that word witness. All 13 of these have the word witness. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not misapplying it. My wrinkles and excess skin... I look like a rooster, man. My neck used to be tight. It's a witness against me. I don't have gray hair like Jeffrey Larson. He's got a strong witness against him. He looks in the mirror and he goes, my, oh my, mummies do live. Forgive me, brother. He's got white hair. You're, I'm looking to see a white hair here and some blue. I didn't know, but I didn't know there's a phenomenon that when women get old, they get blue hair. I didn't know that, but I, did, I learned it by being here. That's a witness against us. God's trained your hair color to tell you the end is coming. The books were open. The law of Moses, number four. I already spoke about that. Deuteronomy 31, 26 says, Take this book of the law and put it in the sight of the ark of the covenant of, of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against thee. Number five, the words of Jesus will be a witness. The books were open. This is part of the books being open. These witnesses against these folks. The words of Jesus will be there. John chapter 12, verse 48, his words, He that rejecteth me receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, and the same shall judge him in the last day. Now, man, that's even the application of the interpretation. We know that some of the books that are open is going to be the Bible because we know Jesus' word is going to be part of that. I ask you a question. Do you know Jesus' words this morning? I bet if I quizzed a lot of you, you have no idea or very little idea what Jesus' words were. You haven't read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as so long, 
And if you have read them, it was boom, 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 and gone down the road. You haven't given them the contemplation time that they really deserve. But I'm going to challenge you. You need to give Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John some contemplation time, some meditation time, because they're the words of Jesus. And he said, my words are going to be part of your judgment. They're a witness against you. Number six, the complexity of the ears and the eyes and the human body. I was just in a retinologist called Retinology Consultants, I think it was called. Used to be Wing and Walker. Now it's just Walker. All my doctors retiring. All of them getting old, some of them dying, some of them retiring. It's terrible. I got to go with these young whippersnappers. Except for Bailey, he's old. But Dr. Dr. Bailey, I love you, brother. He's still good. Top of his game. I asked the retinologist, his name is Sharma, Dr. Sharma. I says, is it true the retina is the most complex part of the human body? And he said, it is. I says, one thing we all know, don't we? There's a God. There's a God. Now, it's a general revelation. But the retina testifies and the body testifies. Your ears testify. Your, think about it. I had my eardrum replaced. The guy that did it was a born-again Christian. And he said, it's just that. It's just little bitty like this. He said, those little bones and those little, those little things they call it, you know, you hear from the eardrum. He said, they're so small you can't even see them with the naked eye. He said, I'm going to be in there you know, running, messing with all that stuff. He says, you want to pray for me that we do the right thing? I said, what'd you say? <laughs> the seventh witness that will be in those books, the prophets, their words, as another witness, Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 13, verse 25. And now because ye have done all these works, saith the Lord, I, will, I spake unto you, rising up early and speaking, but ye have heard not, and I called you, but ye answered not. Verse 25, since the day that your fathers came forth unto the land of Egypt, unto this day I have even sent unto you all my servants the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. This, this statement, by the way, occurs four times in the Bible. The eighth witness of those books is the preached gospel. The preached gospel will be a witness. Matthew 24, 14 says, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. The internet is bringing that closer. The internet is bringing that closer. The, eighth, the ninth witness I see out of those books is the witness fulfilled prophecy. I could spend the rest of our time here, can I? Just going to mountaintop it. Acts chapter 10, verse 43. To him give all the prophets witness, as to Jesus, that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. No chance, no coincidence. No probability could have put together the specific and exact unchangeable prophecies concerning Jesus except God. There's a book called Evans at the Man's a Verdict by Josh McDowell and many other people put, it, they put their hands together to write it. And you owe it to yourself to read that book carefully. 
because he'll show you the mathematical probabilities of just eight prophecies, just eight, there's, there's, there's approximately 300 prophecies about Jesus' life, birth, life, death, and coming and all. There's 300 of them in the Bible. He just took eight specific prophecies of Jesus around the crucifixion, having his beard plucked out of him, having the men surround the cross and mock him, and some like that, that everybody would agree on. Everybody would agree that these were prophesied over a 1,000 years before the event, a 1,000 years before the event, some of them in Isaiah 700 years before the event. Who can know what's going to happen 1,000 years from now? Who can know what's going to happen 700 years from now? Who can know what's going to happen this afternoon? And yet, very specifically about the crucifixion, when that was not known well, it was told about being hands, his hands having holes in his feet, on and on, eight of them, he took eight of them. The probability was something, something like one to the 56th power. You mathematicians know what I'm talking about. That's one of the 56 zeros. And what the author basically said it was impossible. It was impo mathematically impossible. It could not happen. But it did happen. And it's a witness. It's a witness. And one of them books being open is going to be the part of the biblical prophecies that were fulfilled throughout the Bible that people ignored. The 11th thing I see is a conscience, our conscience. Our conscience screams that there's a judgment coming. Romans chapter 2, verse 15, which shows the work of the law written in their hearts. Their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts, the meaning accusing or excusing one another. In other words, as you begin to, the conscience begins to work, it begins to say you shouldn't have done that. You argue back and say, well, that wasn't that bad. Say you shouldn't have done that. You know that's wrong. Have you ever done anything wrong? Don't look at me like that. You know, like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, preacher. I, I never I never stole anything. I never lied. I never I never talked bad about somebody behind their back or I never, you know, come on. But your conscience says no, no, no. Now, consciences can be retaught, hardened. And so they're not a perfect witness all the time, but at the beginning they're a great witness before they get hardened. And before they get retaught, like you can reteach your conscience that murder's okay. That's a witness, a witness of God throughout the world. These are, these are witnesses throughout mankind. Number 12, the martyrdom of Jesus' followers was a witness against the disbelief. Romans chapter 20, verse 4 says, And I saw thrones and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. And for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither received his mark in their foreheads, nor in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The word martion in the Greek simply means witness. It's translated witness. Being, it can be translated being a martyr. Or it can be translated being a witness, because what is a martyr? A martyr is a witness. It's just synonymous with each other. 
So all those people that were, were burned at a stake and all those people that were gutted and all those people that were destroyed and killed because of the name of Jesus are a witness to the world that is true. Their blood is a witness. One of those books, in the, one of those books that were open, that's going to be one of the witnesses. The 13th and last witness I'm going to bring up this morning is the miracle of the transformed life. I thought when Jeffrey Larson, of all people, was talking about this, this old drunk woman, Jeffrey knew exactly where she was. He came from a life of wickedness and sin. He was a garment salesman. There ain't a garment salesman. And this is just stuff you told me. But let me tell you, railroad people are wicked. Truck drivers are wicked. Painters are wicked. Contractors are wicked. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I thought of the beauty of what I was watching. Jeff came to Jesus and got transformed. What would have ever changed Jeff Larson's mind? Nothing. He's just like you and me, stubborn as an old mule. My mother used to tell me, rightfully so, no one and nothing can change you, but God can change you. And I was looking at her. I'm an old rebellious teenager out doing every wicked thing I can imagine to do. My mom's a lovely Christian. I'm breaking her heart with my life. And she's looking at me and saying, Billy, with tears in her eyes, nothing can change you. I can't change you. The church can't change you. But God can change you. I said, oh, Mom, don't sick him on me. Yeah. I thought, you know. I mean, I got some high school people, when they find out I'm a preacher, roll over in their grave. The, trans, the power and the testimony of a transformed life. Drunks made sober, drug addicts cleansed, whores made faithful, robbers made honest men, covetous people made generous, backbiters made uplifters, wife beaters made gentlemen, husband abusers. Nobody ever talks about that. Husband abusers. Why are you men so quiet? Husband abusers. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. I'm tired of the women getting all the, all the sympathy. There are some men that have had to endure some wishes. Husband abusers made submissive and gentle. Women's livers that got born from above. Glory to God. Anybody can be saved. You say, that person's so bad, they'll never get saved. They're probably going to get saved before you got saved. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Some of the worst people I've ever known gotten born from above. Some of the self-righteous people, they're going to die and go to hell. God's got 13 witnesses. The books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. Now, God will not have to apologize to you 
if you end up in front of the great white throne judgment. He will not have to apologize to you, and you will have nothing to say. Every mouth will be stopped. I don't have the time this morning to go into the weeping and the gnashing of teeth part, but the only reaction of those folks at the great white throne will be the weeping, not crying, weeping and gnashing of teeth because they know there's no way out. There's no excuse out. There's no going back. There's no undoing it. There's no begging off. There's no advocate. Because Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is our advocate. We have one advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Do you know him? I don't mean of him. Do you know him as your personal Savior? Are you living for him? Oh, I hope so. What an opportunity it is to be part of the witness that you in here in this room that are saved are part of the witness to the world, that you took Sunday, instead of going out to the beach, you came to a church. Part of the witness, that happening all over the world, that's part of the Christian witness, just part of it, Christian witness. That something has happened to these people that they would come to a building called the church, that they would give money to make it continue to go, that they would care about missions, that they would help the poor, that they would witness door to door, that they would, in their all their various vehicles, pass out gospel tracts and all these other things. Something's driving all that. That's a witness that there is a God. Father, help us this morning. Anoint this word in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.